Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hey, hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much, man. Not much. Hey, the fish are running, eh? Are they? Yes. Very exciting. Yeah, there was rain the other day. So, yes. So, before the rain, the fish were having a heck of a time, like in, in town and like up the up Lake Ontario, there's a couple headwaters that the fish spawn into that... Like, the fish weren't getting very far because it was so shallow. So, thank goodness we had that massive rainfall on Monday. Yeah. And uh, so, that there's there's a lot more runoff now. So, the fish are going to be able to run better. But Well, yeah, it's, I guess it's... We always used to go fishing around Tracy's birthday. Yeah? Yeah, we used to go to the salmon run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, every, yeah. everything's all, you know, gathering at the mouth of, mm-hmm. of the rivers uh, out in Lake Ontario. Yeah. And then once the rains hit... They start heading north, Ganaraska, yeah. Bowmanville Creek, the Credit, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? They all start heading up. There's a there's a local guy. He uh, derm drone something. Anyways, he's got he's had a, quite a few drone shots of uh, of the pools where all the fish were gathered, and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a lot of fish. See, and the thing, is, I mean, there, there's a bunch of huge salmon that come up there, right? Yeah, and I, we've latched into some like thirty pound salmon mm-hmm. and stuff back. And we used to we used to go every year, every September. We yeah, used yeah. to go. You and, and your brothers, or something. You and my brother, yeah. yeah. And some of his buddies would come with them and that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, you, you know, with your gear, you're walking the river and trying to catch something. But the trick is not to catch those big, massive salmon. That are running up. Yeah, because they're the ones that are, they're the breeders. And they're old. And uh, yeah, right? not so tasty. Yeah, and but if if you look at it, you have two layers of fish that sit in the river. <laughs> okay. The top layer is the big guys. Mm-hmm. Under them, if you watch, are some small trout and some yeah. smaller salmon and stuff, right? And those are the ones that are tricky to catch, and those are the good tasting ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you see people, and there's a lot of... Illegal activities when it comes. Uh, there's and, pools where you see yeah. people with big treble hooks. Yep, yep. And they just launch them in there and or then just they just snag everything. Whatever, yeah. Nets. No, that's really uh, something to, to see that. Like, I can't believe people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother and I, one year, there was a guy that was doing, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but uh, was doing that with the treble hook. And my brother's really conservation oriented okay. when it comes to stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do you, do your best to, to save the fisheries. Hook? Well, three hooks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So your regular bait hook has one, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. one hook. Exactly. And then you get the three of them together, yeah. usually on the, like a uh, Rapala or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so dude's got this massive one. He's launching it in and just snagging and. Oh, he's jigging. Yeah. He's just snagging the fish oh. and then hauling them in, which is highly illegal. Mm-hmm. So he's got one on. And just as he's about to grab it, my brother walks up, cuts the line. <laughs> little guy. I mean, my brother and I are about six feet, and, mm-hmm. you know. So this little guy just looks up at us, packs up all his gear, walks away. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah. why, why would you be doing that? Yeah. You're just ruining it for everybody else. Exactly. And you can get fined big time yeah. for that. They're, so I used to drive a Ford Ranger, a white mm-hmm. Ford Ranger. Mm-hmm. I have my amateur radio license, so I used to have uh, a radio in my truck yeah. with the, the antenna, antenna on the roof. Yeah. I used to wear a green baseball cap. <laughs> you could not tell see the difference between me and one of the Ministry of Natural Resources yeah. guys, like conservation officers. Yeah. So one year my I was working. My brother and his buddy were down at Port Hope at the mouth fishing, and it is shoulder-to-shoulder people. Mm-hmm. If you can get a parking spot there, you're lucky. 
<laughs> so I figured, you know, I'm going to go after work. I'll get my little burner and I'll make some coffee on the tailgate of my truck and have have dinner and that sort of stuff and a couple of coffees and, and whatnot. So I come pulling in and all these cars just start fleeing. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, all these spots opening. Oh, the spot next to my brother's buddy's car. I just back right in, and they're killing themselves laughing. And everybody else is just looking like everybody that left yeah. illegally fishing. No licenses yeah, okay, or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So that ministry's They here. thought the ministry was there. So every time I would go fishing, I made sure I had my truck. The, the the antenna on even if my radio wasn't in the yeah. truck I'd put the antenna on yeah. and have my green baseball cap dude just to get that good spot <laughs> but well, that tells you a lot too though like oh it that tells many people you go running yeah it's like oh what are you guys doing wrong yeah. why are you yeah. doing why why don't you do things right how hard is it to go spend twenty bucks to get a fishing license right seriously exactly. right yeah. and I mean now they have they have the sportsman <clears throat> or the conservation yeah. Right there's so there's a difference in price, but there's also a difference in what you can catch mm-hmm. and keep. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you know, one um, like the sportsman, if you know a trout, you can keep one. Yeah. Conservation, you can't keep any. Yeah, I'm not sure what the numbers right? are. So that that's one of the examples is is that. So yeah, I wouldn't I mean, know the numbers because I never catch anything. Liar. To bother learning liar. what it takes. Liar. I. Did catch some on our trip. You got there. a lot on our trip this year. You Didn't were showing off. Didn't keep a well, single one. Well, because we couldn't have a fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, this time of year is when we usually head out fishing. And Tracy was pregnant with Mackenzie when we went out one year to visit my brother and his buddy that were yeah. at Port Hope. And so, we brought a chair for her. And so she could just sit there. We'd cast it out for her and she just had to sit in the chair. Because, <laughs> I mean, this was September. Mackenzie was born beginning of January or mid, yeah. of, mid-January sort of thing. Um, that year, my brother says, everybody was using anise. So licorice. anise smells like black licorice. Yeah. And it's expensive. Me, being Mr. Cheapo, I bought some worms and black licorice. I put <laughs> a worm and a black licorice <laughs> on a on a bait hook, yeah. Wait, casted it out there, and I trace. Okay, just just sit there, relax. Yeah, right. So they had been there fishing all day. They've been there. They've been walking the creek and didn't catch a thing. Not a bite. <laughs> nothing. And there's people all up and down. No one's catching anything. All of a sudden, traces. Oh, I think somebody snagged my line. Why? <laughs> Well, because it's moving. <laughs> so my brother goes and grabs the lines. Oh, somebody snagged it. And go, no, you've got something. <laughs> Ten pound lake trout. Oh, wow. After that, of course, you know, getting it in, all excited, takes pictures, everything, and take it home. And my brother looks, she's not allowed to come anymore. <laughs> she's banned from fishing with us. We've been here all day. Didn't catch a thing. <laughs> she shows up for 20 minutes. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like, that has nothing to do with her. It has to do with the, the bait that I put yeah. on the hook. Or just right? having to cast it in the right spot. Or Well, and, and people are saying, what are you using for bait? What are you using for black licorice? I had a big thing of black licorice. <laughs> I was handing them out like... <laughs> like candy? <laughs> like candy, right here. You have licorice. Do it as licorice. Hey, try it. Try it. I don't know if anybody else caught anything because after that, we were out of there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so Tracy's not allowed to come fishing with us anymore. So that's been, uh, yeah, a number of years in the making. 
But that's that's a, a funny story with us now. So, but yeah, if you're into kayak fishing and stuff like that, like I mean, they're all all staging at the the mouths of the, the river, mouths of the rivers, and yeah, yeah. they're about to start heading up. So, mm-hmm. you want to be uh, getting some some salmon and some big trout and stuff. That's now the we place to go. Are what season has ended now? Depends yeah. where you are. Bass is yeah, I guess the regions. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it ends uh, the end of September. Like the 30th of September. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of stuff that ends the 30th of mm-hmm. September. And then depending where you are in the province and stuff yeah. like that, it, it goes longer. But uh, I never really keep yeah. anything when I do catch, so. Well, yeah, a lot of it we just, if it's, you know, small, you just throw it back sort of deal. Mm-hmm. But if you, unless you're, we're going out and fishing specifically for, yeah, let's catch some breakfast or let's catch a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a fish yeah. for dinner or a shore mm-hmm. lunch or, or something like that, then, you know. But if we were to rely on a f- fish meal every day <laughs> on a two-week trip, Yeah, we'd lose some weight, Yeah, a lot last, of weight. You'd be one of those people to drop yeah. out early from alone. <laughs> so what'd you have? Uh, well, unfortunately, we weren't catching much, and uh, we were forced to fillet our, our worms. <laughs> yeah, I was eating worms. <laughs> I was eating my bait. Yeah, yeah. Got old after a while. Yeah. You can only you, you can only saute or flambe yeah, worms yeah. so many t- so many ways. Yeah. You can yeah. only pretend so much that that's a little skinny piece of bacon. <laughs> uh, uh, winter's coming. Winter, believe is it or coming. not, it is cooler. Yeah, getting cooler. Now, when I walk the dog at six thirty in the morning. Instead of the sunrise, it's, it's pitch black. Yeah, still yeah, yeah. pitch black. Yeah. But because of winter, we decided to take the weekend was really nice. Okay. And we decided we're going to get our winter tent out. Oh, get it. Because we had we, yeah, we had a couple issues with it. The very first time I set it up, everything was great. It was nice. The sides were all straight and the whole meal deal. But it seems when we lately when we've been setting it up since then. You get the scalloping on the sides, oh, okay. right? So everything just sort of sags and in between yeah. the seams. So you're breaking it in. You have to do some adjustments. Yeah. And when we get everything the way we want it, we usually have problems with the door. It won't zip up properly. Like won't shut. Won't yeah. seal. It won't, won't yeah, close. It won't close. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's swear words involved. I won't go <laughs> into all the gory details. But yeah. uh, so I had ordered a 12 by 17. Yes. Tent. The big circus time. tent. Yeah. Yes. So we decided we're going to set it up. And one of the things I was going to do this year was maybe sea boat raising the pole in okay. the middle, the center pole. Yeah. So I raised that about three or four inches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put tape so I know when we're out in the field that, okay, this is where we need to put the first post and yeah, yeah. sort of deal. That's the height we want it. And then we put everything out. And I realized when I measured, because I got my tape measure in there. My 12 by 17 is actually 13 by 18 and a half. <laughs> so that would account for a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. My four which f- means you could go higher. Which means I could go higher. Yeah. Um, my four foot walls are actually three feet, nine inches. They're like three oh, inches okay. short. So we have the four foot support poles on the side. Too tall. Too tall, which hmm. is part of the problem. So I cut. Off oh, okay, yeah. 11 poles, I think it is. And is it a different material for the skirt material? Right around the bottom, yeah. yeah. So it's Something more of a vinyl Yeah. snow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I cut three inches off of all the side, po- the support poles. Yeah. These are just wood poles I'd made, right? And we set it up. Perfect. Nice. Absolutely perfect door closed. Now, when it gets cold, it contracts a bit, so we might have a bit of issue. But I'm thinking there was enough play in it mm-hmm. now. 
that we shouldn't have that. And issue. you've been rained on a couple of times too. Like yep. you went to Halloween at New Lake, you got rained on or something. Yeah. Yep. We've, we've, so been that in. should help. So if that canvas that, that typically is pre shrunk. Yeah. And it's, but still going to shrink and stretch and it's going to, yeah, heat yeah. cold. It'll affect yeah. it. Right. Um, yeah, we've been in a couple of, uh, a couple big rain things, no problems with leaks. Mm-hmm. And usually when this, when we're in like heavy snows, you keep it warm in there and the heat from the stove helps melt the snow. Yeah, yeah. So it just slides right yeah. off. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've not had any issues with nice. it so far. Not right on. on wood. But uh, yeah, that was what we did on the weekend. Mm-hmm. That and a whole, we're getting, I'm getting back into my photography stuff big time. Yeah. 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 I took a, I guess just before COVID, I sort of put my cameras down for a bit and, mm-hmm. um, decided, you know, it's time to pick them back up and I'm going way back as in high school when I first took up photography, it was all yeah. black and white photography oh, okay. on film and all that. So I've been watching a whole bunch of black and white photography stuff. And I think, you know what, that's, I got to go back to the beginning. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm yeah, doing a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, I've been putting some, uh, my black and white photography out different places and getting some feedback and it's good feedback. So yeah, I guess I still have some of my skills left. Mm-hmm. On but the right it's, track. Yeah. It's nice to, to get back into that hobby and, and whatnot. And it's, it's a great hobby when you're out in the canoe and stuff like that. And on paddling trips, mm-hmm. uh, you take the, the camera and, get creative when you're out there. Okay, sort of yeah, deal, yeah, right? yeah. Because a lot of stuff you see is, a lot of it's the same sort of thing. Somebody learns a technique that they've seen 50 other people do mm-hmm. and then they do the exact same yeah. stuff. <laughs> and it's like, oh. but if you take that technique into the back country where not many people go, you yeah, can, you're breaking you get ground. different creati- mm-hmm. uh, creativity and different yeah. creative ideas and, and that sort of, so it is the same it's the same technique, but total different photo at the end. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so I'm getting into, back into that, so. Uh, but thinking about cameras, we talked about Fat Bear Week last episode. Yes, we did. And we mentioned there were cameras yes. that you could, which yeah. we, we actually posted, I, I put a link uh, to the uh, cat, my, um, national park bear cams and Brooks falls and, and whatnot. I put a link on our Facebook page mm-hmm. so you can go click that. And then I think there's like 12 different cameras to choose from. Um, and you can watch the bears and there's mm-hmm. a couple other cameras that are of the area, not specifically. Yeah. To they're the up bears. on the mountaintops yeah. and stuff. So you can see the whole area. Very remote. Yeah. So apparently a handful of wildlife enthusiasts were probably hoping to catch a glimpse of uh, Katmai National Park's famous brown bears when they logged into a live stream of a remote Alaskan mountaintop. But the bears were nowhere to be seen. Uh, then a distressed hiker walked into view instead and pleaded for help. Yeah. So there's no audio on these cameras, but they just saw the guy mouthing, help me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the scene unfolded on Dumpling Mountain Livestream, one of 12 cameras views operated by explore.org inside the Katmai National Park. A man in a green rain jacket, wet and disheveled, appeared on screen and looked straight into the lens, clearly mouthing the words, help me. He returned a few minutes later, giving a thumbs down signal. 
There is someone distressed on the camera, one viewer posted in the, the rolling comments beneath the stream. That message was seen by a volunteer chat moderator who in turn messaged a Katmai Park ranger. <laughs> After reviewing the footage, the ranger mobilized a search and rescue team which found the man about three hours later not far from the site of the web camera. Man was ultimately unharmed, uh, Cynthia Hernandez, a spokesperson for the National Park Service, said, and she added that the rangers were notified of the distressed hiker directly thanks to the concerned viewers. Yeah. How cool is that? Well, I mean, and how cool for him to, you know. So, so think about it. So me personally, I would, I don't know how much time I'd spend on these remote cameras. I'd mm-hmm. be looking at the, at the Browns at Falls the or whatever, at the Bears, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so somebody just happened to be going through these other cameras that it's like hit or miss. Maybe you see one bear a week type thing yeah. on these remote or remote cameras, right? And so this guy just happened to be looking at the time when the man walked by and stroke of luck for the hiker that somebody saw it. Yeah. Uh, chat moderator shared the news with the viewers that he was found. There was a flood of kind words and a sweet celebration. <laughs> the camera uh, cameras have been around since 2012, but really started to take off in 2014 with the advent of Fat Bear Week. <laughs> a delightful man-made tournament in which the public votes on which of the park's bears has grown the most rotund as a preparation for their winter hibernation. Roughly 10 million people t- tuned into the Cat My live streams last year. Uh, according to Mike Fitz, a naturalist with explore.org, who previously worked as a ranger at the park. Most of those views went to the cameras trained on Brooks Falls, yeah. where the bears make daily stops during salmon spawning. That's where season. the action is. That's where the action is. Sitting about 2,200 feet above sea level, the Dumpling Mountain camera is more of a scenery cam than a wildlife cam. Camera auto pans across a sweeping vista, colorful alpine tundra shrubs dot the landscapes, while the largest lake in a U.S. national park, Naknek, uh, stretches out in the foreground. Some of Katmai's 14 active volcanoes are visible in the distance. At that height, uh, you get tempestuous weather, which can often obscure the view and offers little in the way of shelter and food for the kind of big-ticket animals the viewers are looking for, being the bears. Camera itself was about two miles away from the nearest trail. So this guy was lost. So this guy was big-time lost. And uh, it's a strenuous hike featuring steep portions and some overgrown areas. It's a great place to find some quick solitude away from the river, away from the bears, but also shrouds the path in danger. Mm-hmm. Cell service and shelter can be hard to come by in the rounded and short shrub mountain peak during poor, uh, poor conditions, and you really have no sense of direction. The landmarks you saw on the way up disappear when the clouds come down. It's unclear how the hiker found the camera installation fit, says the collection of solar panels and wind turbines stick out amid the short vegetation, but still isn't huge, maybe 20 or 30 square feet. And it's certainly a first for us, Fitz says, of the hiker asking for help. Though wildlife viewers around the world have flagged pressing emergencies before, like an injured elephant in the Kenyan Wildlife Sanctuary. Our webcam viewers collectively are very sharp-eyed and they don't miss much, he added. There you go. 
Lucky for that guy. I know, right? Like, I mean... Well, well, unlucky that he actually got lost in the first place. But lucky that people were actually... Because I think they said there was about 10, 11 people actually watching at the time. Well, there was that many watching at the time. At the time, yeah, they just happened to log into that yeah. one, and oh, look at the vista out there! Yeah, everything. I suppose if it's got a good vista, see. then you're right? going to watch it. But yeah, like we said, like the most action is down by Brooks, it? Brooks, Brooks, Brooks Falls. Falls. Yeah, I called it Browns Falls earlier. Yeah, Brown Bears at Brooks Falls, yeah. not Brooks Bears at Browns Falls. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's all willy nilly tonight. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, like, could you imagine that though? You're sitting there. What's, what's this dude doing? What's he doing there? Help me? What? <laughs> <laughs> he looks distressed. Uh, yeah, there's some guy in front of the camera. Can you get up there? Tell him to get out of the way. Thanks, man. <laughs> He's blocking my view. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's something. That's mm-hmm. something. Man. Like you would, you wouldn't think of that, right? No, I know, right? And so, and like the ranger said, like it's it's an area easy to get lost in. It's overgrown. There's not a lot of trails. He was like two two miles away from the trail. The trail. So what is that in kilometers? That's like two point. I don't know. And one point three point four. Yeah, because it's one point seven. One point six. Yeah, six I seven six. I don't know. It's more than two miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so I was doing some surfing as I always do, Googling stuff. Yeah. I came across startboating.ca, a watercraft information site. So when you, uh, when you click to see what the site is all about, it says boating is a great activity and safe if you know and practice some basic rules. This program will cover some of the things you need to know before you go out onto the water, how to plan your trip, what to take with you, how to act and how and react to situations once you're out there. Program will take you along with a family enjoying their day on the water and putting into practice what they have learned to be safe. Few times throughout the story, we'll take a break and give you an opportunity to review what you have seen and learn more. These breaks you will find a number of information links when clicked, we'll provide you with the knowledge to help keep you safe. You can look at one or all. Uh, choice is yours. And then you are done. Return to the story. At the end of the program, you will have a chance to review all the information links once again. So it's basically, it's uh, if, if you're new to paddling or you're thinking about getting yeah. into paddling, you go to starting startboating.ca and... It'll give you a whole bunch of information on what you need to know. Information pointers. To start. Exactly. Although this program does cover the basics, it is certainly not intended to be a full instructional course. Best way to safely enjoy your time on the water is to take a boating course. And in the program, you'll find links to organizations that can help you do just that. Thank you for taking the time to learn about your new on-water activity. We're glad that you decided to start boating. What's so in, that's what you get when you first, yeah, when you check the what this is about. It's an interesting resource. Like a lot of people listening to this podcast probably have a lot of experience, but if you have friends or family members that uh, that are, hey, uh, help me, how do I get into mm-hmm. this? Well, instead of you know taking the time, you could take the time get some pointers, but you could also say, hey, check out on these your videos. own time, check out these videos, yeah. check out this website. So it's a good starting point to give you the basic skills to. Make sure, well, the most part is 
A, you want to get as much fun as possible out of it. Mm-hmm. And B, A, you want to get the most fun, part two. <laughs> so A and B, so B, you want to be safe. You want to yeah. do it the right way, be safe, and uh, be be safe in the water and, and survive whatever early experiences you have out there doing this, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you want it to be fun, right, yeah. at the end of the day. And you're you're getting into it for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when you go to startboating.ca, you get this message. Welcome to Start Boating. If you are brand new to boating or already have a little experience, start boating is for you. Here you will learn the basics of what it takes to safely enjoy your boating and be better prepared to have fun on the water. Click the boat you want to learn more about and get started. And then below this message, there's a picture of a kayak, a canoe, a stand-up paddleboard, and a power boat. So I just clicked kayak. And they all start the same too, right? Kayak, wow, good choice. So I went back, I clicked canoe. Canoe, wow, good choice. Power boat, power boat, wow, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm a winner, winner, chicken dinner, no matter what I choose here. Yeah. Uh, he says kayak, and then it says kayaks are one of the fastest growing segments of recreational boating and you do not need a license to operate one. The only one that it says that you do is power boats because you yeah. have to have your safe boating course, yeah. right? Which, yeah. Um, so you will have a lot of fun and we will show you how. Here is how start boating works. It centers around the story of a family who, just like you, have decided that boating is how they want to spend their time on the water. You will join them on their first open water trip and learn what they do to be safe and comfortable. Along the way, the story will pause and you will have the opportunity to learn more about what you are seeing. Okie dokie. Simply click on the links that you want to look uh, more information on and a video will provide it for you. You can check out one, some, or all the information links, and when you're finished, return to the story. You will learn a lot about boating here, and the more you know, the more fun it will be. And below that is a Start Video button. So hmm. you click that, it takes you to another page, and a video starts, or the video's, the, uh, video's there, and you just click yeah. Play. Yeah. So there, there's the video starts with the family kayaking, and there there's the video's... One video is trip preparation, and when that one's done, it goes into pre-departure, then on the water part one, on the water part two, and then there's different kayaking videos that cover um, ones like how to paddle, ones rules of the road, writing and re-entering, what to pack, weather, maps, PFDs, etc. So there's a whole range of different videos you can watch. And basically, I, I watched the, the kayak one. It starts with this family. He said, you know, uh, basically his dad saying, you know, I wanted to do some fun stuff with my family and decide, hey, let's take up kayaking. So we bought some kayaks. They got a tandem one and a, and a solo one for the son. So uh, uh, mom and dad are in the, in the tandem kayak and testing their marriage. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he says, you know, here we're going out for the water here. We thought it was a great idea, but before we went out, we took a kayak safety paddling course, and they show them with a coach who's showing them, here's how you paddle, and yeah. giving them safety pointers on how to paddle and that sort of stuff. So they do they do, do the, don't just watch this and expect to be able to do stuff. You should take some yeah, actual yeah, exactly. you know, courses on, on how to paddle sort of stuff. 
uh, and then yeah, so you can you can follow all that sort of stuff, get a whole bunch of information. Um, and then if you want to do canoeing, the canoeing, they're all the same sort of stuff, the trip preparation, pre-departure on the water, on the water, and then the extra videos. They all have that depending on which paddle sport you're going to do. The site also has a downloadable float plan and a float itinerary. So you can just download those, print them off whenever, and fill them out and leave them with people saying, Hey, here's, I'm going out for the day or a trip and here's who's going with me and a whole bunch of information on there to, to check out. Uh, site is sponsored by the Life Saving Society, the Lifeguard Experts, Canadian Safe Boating Council, and Public Safety Canada Search and Rescue New Initiative Fund. There you go. So they got some big name yeah. uh, businesses here putting this thing together. Uh, so if you're new to boating or interested in getting out on the water, uh, this is a site well worth checking out. Uh, by like, like they stayed on there, it's not um, a full course that will teach you everything you need to know but it will show you the basics on what you should know and they do say yeah go get some actual proper training if you're serious about getting out there you'll want to take some 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 training to learn how to do things properly and stuff like this this is just sort of a guideline of of what you should be looking at uh startboating.ca is is the website go check that out and uh, I think you'll be uh, impressed. Um, I was really impressed with what's on there. So it's a it's very comprehensive. There's a lot of details here. Yeah, and you can learn to paddle whatever you want. Yeah, and it talks about uh, float plans, itineraries, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, if you're going out, you need family or somebody to know that you're where you are in case you turn up missing or. Yeah, it's uh well, even even the the video, um, both the 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 planning like pre departure and all that. The, the family's sitting at the table and he's got the map of Georgian Bay out there and they're pointing to different spots and saying, you know, okay, there's yeah, a beach yeah. here yeah. we can launch from and we'll go this far and we, we, we want to stay away from over here because, you know, lots of big boat traffic or something or, you know, it gets windy this far out into Georgian Bay so we don't want to be out there. And, and it teaches you all that sort of stuff and it shows them doing that sort of thing and um, the different videos afterwards if you're more interested in the map section then you go watch the thing on maps if you're more interested in the pfds and want to learn about you know how do i fit pfd or whatever and all that you can go watch the pfd video and it, there's a lot of information on there for whichever the, and, the sports you want to get and to. it's in six different languages right that's impressive and i speak all one of them yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> I tried to learn French when I was a kid, but it just didn't take. No, no, <laughs> no. I know Ooh, just enough French. Coupe de fromage. That's all I know. <laughs> I know just enough French to be rude. I know just enough. I know just enough swear words to <laughs> just throw one in every so often. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's in any language, though. But that's everybody impressive. wants to learn the swear words first. Exactly right. That, that's the first, yeah, it was when Dad was trying to teach us German, that's, you know, well, what's this, Dad? Yeah, what's the swear words first? Come on, I want to impress my friends. <laughs> oh, we, we knew the swear words were <laughs> We knew what those words were. It's like, oh, that wasn't a good word because he yelled it when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded extra mean on that one. Ah, better not say that one. But so, I'm impressed with the multi-language and the, and the multi-format. You can mm -hmm. kayak, canoe, paddleboard. So it's, it's to get people out there for the first time, have fun, be safe. Well, and I know it's, you know, it's a Canadian site, that sort of thing. But yeah. I mean, realistically, 
the information is good anywhere. It's, it doesn't matter where you're you in know? the world. Yeah. This would be handy, right? Yeah. So. Very, uh, very interesting. Very interesting. So check it out. You have been, uh, so I was on Paddling Magazine website. If you haven't been to paddlingmag.com, they got a lot of information there. And I happen to be reading a couple things there. And I came across this little article, which I was not aware of. After 46 years running Wabakimi Outfitters and Eco Lodge, owner Bruce Heyer is looking to retire. But with no one to pass the torch onto, the future of the business is uncertain. Did you not? You guys were you guys uh, were there? Yes. When you did your Wabakimi trip, and and he last talked year. about it to us at the time. He mentioned that he's uh, so he was he was leasing out his plane. And he had a, a, a different pilots were using his planes and his equipment, and he was talking about you know things are slowing down for him. He's He's not as able. To he's seventy-seven. His, yeah, he's not as able to put as much time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you when you st- so if you go to paddlingmag.com, you can read the entire article. Um, he's like one of the main reasons the park is there. Yes, and there's a whole yep. bunch of different stuff that he did uh, in in conservation and. Getting the park there with no logging and the whole meal deal. So much that he's done. But uh, photojournalist Colin Field and his son ventured into Wabakimi Wilds on a guided whitewater adventure to find out what the outfitting operation is all about and to discover the magic of the park for themselves. Like I said, we're not going to get into all the things that, that Colin has put into his article, but it is a very interesting article. Uh, if you go to paddlingmag.com and read it all. But I will say a few things here that I got from his article. Uh, Wabakimi Canoe Outfitters and Eco Lodge is having an existential crisis. Business founder Bruce Heyer is getting old. He's spry, quick on his feet, and one tough old man. But as he says, I'm 77. Let's get real here. I don't know what's going to happen to the business. Bruce's business uh, is the culmination of over 40 years of passion for the outdoors, canoes, and sharing that love with others. In an ideal world, his son would take over. 28-year-old Michael went to law school, recently passed the bar, and has a job starting in the fall working in human rights law and indigenous self-governance. I'm totally biased, of course, says Bruce, but I think Michael's one of the top human beings on the whole planet. (laughs) He has one flaw. He doesn't want this business. (laughs) Uh, It's from the lodge that groups of canoeists, anglers, outdoor enthusiasts begin their trips or end. They'll either take the train, a float plane, or a truck shuttle to their put-in or one of Wabakimi Outfitter's seven outpost camps. While Bruce's first love is canoe tripping, he also helps anglers get to some of the best fishing in the province. Now, you guys um, ended up at one of those outposts. He didn't own it anymore. Did he not own that one anymore? No, he had... Oh, shoot. I can't remember who has it now, but like he he was already selling some of the outposts. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he didn't own that one anymore. It was... uh, because that was sort of a sneaky thing. You guys just always, oh, there's an outpost here. Ah, the flies were really bad. Just, the bugs are bad. Let's, <laughs> let's go rent their room. <laughs> hey, of, it worked out. What kind of outdoors <laughs> people are you? Okay, so let me ask you this one. That trip, those bugs, versus our trip 
Uh, Which was worse? Okay, so the bugs weren't so bad except for on Whitewater Lake. Like, I've never experienced... The only, yeah, so I, our trip this year was worse than your Wabakimi. No, no, no. So, on Whitewater Lake, it was worse. But otherwise, our trip was worse. It was okay. just... So there was, was one just, bad lake. There was just that one bad lake on that one bad beach where we, we thought we were going to stay the night. And we got chased out of the woods into the water. And everybody just ran into the water. And, and like, some of us submerged. It's like, oh, it was, like, horrible. And then we look across. It's like, hmm, I see cabins. <laughs> <laughs> That's how horror movies start. You know, know. that, right? <laughs> so they made their way to the cabin. <laughs> yeah. We should we should split up. Yeah. And see if we can find the guy who runs it. Get out. <laughs> Do you say something? <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, who's that guy with the big knife and the clown face over there? <laughs> yeah, you guys are lucky. Uh yeah, I didn't realize that he had sold some of the uh yeah. the thingies at the time. Um He's still holding uh, out hope Michael will change his mind and take over the business. He says, we're very interested to see what he does. Um, am I disappointed he doesn't want to take over? Yes. But on the other hand, I can see how effective he'll be as a lawyer. That's probably a more important job. In the meantime, Wabakimi Outfitters and Eco Lodge is tentatively for sale. And uh, you know what? I what, what this paragraph, if I had the money, I can sell the whole thing outright. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I would do it, he says. Or I could share it. Find a good partner. I'll do some planning, sorting, shuttles. I think someone should buy half of it, maybe 49 or 51%, and run it alongside us. There you go. Because that, so if you've got the money yeah, 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 yeah. to buy half the business... You got that experience right there to keep it going <laughs> till you learn the ropes. And then you just give them a cottage and let them retire. Yeah. Hmm. Like that would, that is like a sweet deal. It's like buying a big company and keeping the, all the employees. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right? And, and you learn, and you get to learn under somebody experience how to, how, uh, the best way to run it, the best, yeah. the best way to do things. Like he's been doing it for so long. You shouldn't. 40 years. I mean, yeah. He knows what he's doing. Right. Hmm. That would be a sweet deal. So if anybody's got a whole bunch of money they're looking to part with and want to give it to me, I'd gladly take it. <laughs> You'll get, n you know, I'll, I'll give you a free canoe trip <laughs> once a year. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a sweet deal, eh? Half, half of Wabakimi Outfitters. Wow. <laughs> now we're thinking about it. Now everybody's looking yeah, at, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. at yeah. their bank books going, hey, I'm, how much do I got on my... I know, right? Yeah. I don't, there's no price out there yet. I looked. I didn't find anything. Yeah, I'm trying to find other things about it. I don't think you will. <laughs> Anyway, that that just popped up there. So go to uh, um, paddlingmag.com to find out a whole lot more about Bruce and his history and everything with the area. It's, it is a, a good article and very um, informative. We also talked last week 
about the Arctic Cowboys. And everybody else that seems to be paddling through the Northwest Passage this year. I know. We missed one. Yes, we did. We missed one. So we covered three. Yep. And uh, so the one we're about to talk about, and we knew about it. So we yeah we knew we, we knew about it. it. Totally, we just didn't talk about it. I haven't been seeing a whole bunch of uh, posts or anything. No, I, I don't know why. Sometimes I, I get them. Sometimes I, I don't. Yeah. Freya Hoffmeister. Mm-hmm. So she's currently circumnavigating North America. Yes. In the summers, she's heading the north parts. Yeah. And then the winter, she's covering the, the southern parts. So right now, if you look at all her her map. She's covered from the east coast of Nicaragua, down through Panama, all the way up the west coast of Central and North America, and then across the top through Northwest Passage to Cambridge Bay. Um, I took I took a peek at the at her website, and you can she's got a whole bunch of information there. So German endurance paddler Freya Hoffmeister has wrapped up her summer expedition through the Western Arctic, reaching Cambridge Bay alone after her paddling partner left about two-thirds of the way through the 1,600-kilometer trip. She says, I reached my goal. That was my plan. I might be the only paddler who reaches her goal this year. We'll see. The season isn't finished. Hoffmeister's summer expedition was part of her long-term quest, which started in March 2017. And this is how she does stuff. She doesn't do everything in one year. She breaks it up into... She's got so many other things going, right? Yes. Apparently, she has two ice cream shops back home. Say what? She runs two ice cream shops and something else. Yeah. she's her, She has a diversified portfolio. She definitely does. <laughs> kayak, kayak, endurance paddler, and mm-hmm. ice cream connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, yeah, so, uh, this is, she started in March, 2017 and is to paddle all of, around all of North America, a section at a time. If she finishes the circumnavigation, she'll add it to the list of accomplishments that includes kayaking around Iceland, the South Island of New Zealand, Australia, and South America. Mm-hmm. Like she's paddled around stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. if she actually paddles in countries or just around them? Oh, yeah. Right? She's just paddling she's around always, all the countries. She's always doing circumnavigation. Yeah. She's not a, what has she got against paddling in, yeah. in countries? Well, okay. <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> what will be her southern route for North America? Uh, well, she was starting at Seattle to head north, and then once winter hit, she went back to Seattle and headed south. Okay. Right? And then I think she's going to use New York on the east coast. So she's not cutting through. No, 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 no. She's doing full yeah. on circum. So next next summer she'll go back up to Cambridge yeah. Bay, finish, yeah, the Northwest Passage sort of thing, and come around. So it's not like she's going to do the Panama Canal or anything like that. I don't think he can. She's gonna. No, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't take small watercraft in yeah. through there. So when you go to Panama, when you look at her map, yeah, you see her the 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 her track stops at Panama on the west coast and right across from it on the east coast. Yeah. It stops. There is no line between the two. Mm-hmm. But it sort of, I think, joins up with what she's already done for South America when she's yeah. navigating South America. Yeah. But there is no cross. Yes. Right? Okay. So. 
That was the part that confused me when she's talking about serving circumnavigation. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, she's doing it in part. So yes. when still, she's it's not done, circumnavigation, either. not in not in one continuous flow. No, not even not even in truth at tire loop. Unless she cuts across. Yeah, that's what right. I'm so yeah, I don't. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. technical. Yeah, yeah, technicalities. Now you picky bugger you. <laughs> So, in July of this year, she and veteran paddler Jimmy Harvey of Austin. Now, Jimmy pulled out of the Arctic Cowboys trip so that he could join Freya on that trip. Uh, They set out from Tuktoyaktuk at the western edge of the Canadian Arctic Archipelago. I've been having a problem with that word this week because my daughter's (laughs) been pronouncing it wrong all week. Yeah. And so she's messing you up. Now she's messing me up, yeah. Uh, They kayaked about 1,000 kilometers together to Kugluktuk, where Harvey made the decision to head back to Texas. The two hadn't met in person before the trip and struggled at times to get along. That grew difficult, especially when the weather pinned them down in a tent for days at a time. Hmm. Yeah, I think when you're doing an expedition like this, you need to know your... You need to know that there's some chemistry. Yeah. Uh, when they did paddle, they covered about 40 kilometers a day. That's not too bad. No. Hoffmeister described paddling conditions as mostly mellow. On days uh, when those winds reached 40 knots or higher, she stayed in the tent reading, writing, and eating. You have to be patient, she says. Sometimes it's boring when I sit in a tent and can't get out for a hike because it's blowing and cold. Early on, the paddlers saw caribou bowhead whales surface during long crossings and several times large school of belugas swam near their kayak. And that would make the whole trip for me right there. Just as, yeah, I know. Just no, no, the beluga yeah, 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 whales yeah. and yeah. stuff like that, right? As the trip progressed, the terrain became more barren. And once Hoffmeister spotted a grizzly with two cubs in the distance. And next July, like I say, she'll head back to Cambridge Bay and push east across the Arctic. Uh, yeah, like I say, the, the summer she paddles north, winter she paddles south, and she's hoping to finish within the next few years the, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't put timelines on it because you never know. Exactly. Right? Weather and whatever happens, right? Yeah. She just says, hey, I'm starting this trip. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then she goes home and sells ice cream. <laughs> Good gig if you can get it. <laughs> Um, do, 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 do. I do have an update. Do you? So I, I've been reaching out while we recorded because uh, some of the names and stuff would, wasn't familiar. So the the Bruce dude with the Wabakimi Outfitters, we didn't go through them. Oh, didn't you? We went through Matisse Lake Outfitters. and so A different old guy. There's many outfitters out there. So the guy that we went with, he was very old and he was looking to get out as well. So they they all must have started about the same time. Because this guy that we talked to, he said he'd been doing it for forever, right? Mm-hmm. And he said he was one of the first outfitters up there. And uh, so I, I didn't think there'd be two of them. So I assume that's one. And I just reached out to Martin Garster and he says, oh, no, we were with Matisse Lake Outfitters. And Matisse Lake Outfitters, they sold their outfit on Whitewater Lake to Thunderhook Outfitters. Thunderhook is right next to them on Matisse Lake. So they have to, two outfitters are side by side. Now, is Matisse Lake in Wabakimi? It is. It's in Armstrong. Most of these outfitters are in the town of Armstrong. Okay. 
And and so there's there's like so everybody's trying to sell their outfitters. Not stuff. everybody. Uh, so Thunderhook mm. is new. It's a bunch of young guys. And uh, so he sold some of his outfits to Thunderhook. One of Thunderhook's uh, remote sites got burned in a fire about eight years ago. And uh, so there's, uh, yeah, there's 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 various outfitters that are up there, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was Thunderhook's place that we stayed on Whitewater, which used to be owned by the guy who runs Matisse, uh, Matisse Lake Outfitters. And so apparently uh, Wabakimi Outfitters and Ecolodge is they're selling as well. So hmm, something these old guys know and they're not telling us. <laughs> well, you know what? I I think it was uh I, I think it would jump start the retirement plans going through COVID when you're you're like business just Well crashes, Bruce is right? saying that COVID since COVID business has picked up huge. It is. So a lot yeah. more people are getting out now. A lot more yeah. people are like getting you know, it's like they're it's like cabin fever. Suddenly it's like after a couple years of COVID, it's like I'm getting out there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something big. Right? So, and this is what they're doing, and it's very popular with with uh, American fishermen. Oh, uh, North has there. always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go up to Nikina someday. The flying that's where a lot of the flying fishing trips oh, leave okay. from, and you look at the parking lot. <laughs> You'll yeah. be lucky if what? you find a Canadian license. Yeah, plate. yeah, yeah. When we were at Matisse Lake, I remember we drove down the lo- the gauntlet of uh, pickup trucks that yep. were parked there, and it's like it. There was, I don't know, nine out of ten were American license plates. Yeah. Nah, they love coming up and seeing mm-hmm. us. Yeah. So as if, much as they bitch about us, they love yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> so if I recall correctly, it was Grant Brower and who did Grant trip with this year? Oh, Russ. Russ, Russ Senior. Yeah, Russ Senior. Yeah. I think they went through Abkimi. Oh, okay. Outfitters. Okay. Yeah. There's just too many of them up there now. I know, I know. Oh, all those old guys, man, they know something. They yeah. know something's going on. I saw some pictures though, of Grant and Russ's trip. Yeah, they had nice. a great trip. Yeah, they had a, did a really, re- really interesting route. Very I was, interesting. I, route. I don't know why, but I always thought Wabakimi was more west or east than it is. It's pretty much directly north of Thunder Thunder Bay. Bay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought it was more. I thought it was on the eastern side of Nipigon. Oh, farther yeah, over yeah, that than yeah. the western mm-hmm. side of Nipigon. Yeah, but wherever it is, it's a long ways away. It's it up was a there. long it's drive. Up there, it's a couple days. That was a long. Well, no, you could do it in one day. <laughs> I would do it in one day. We did it in one day. We yeah. traded drivers out. We there was four yeah, of us. To. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. but it was uh, it was worth it. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful trip. Beautiful country up there. It was so nice to be up there. Uh, Dustin Van Heck. He did solo. He did. He's last been up year. there solo a couple of times. Yeah. 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 But it's a nice area. If you can do it, do it. Do it. And what's great about it is you're so remote. Like we, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if we saw, we saw other paddlers only when we were very close to the takeout. But otherwise we were, we were alone. Well, yeah. All those places, I mean, Woodland Caribou is a big one. Unless you're close or unless you're crossing a lake that has a lodge on it. Yeah, yeah, A fishing yeah. lodge, like a flying fishing you're lodge. You're not going to see people. You're not seeing yeah. people. I think we saw in the, the few weeks that we, where you saw one other canoe, I think, mm-hmm. maybe two. But no, I think it was just one we saw up there. And it's great for that. Yeah. 
Like as opposed to, uh, it's like you almost forget. Oh, oh, people! Oh, <laughs> hope everybody's wearing pants today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the like. <laughs> we when I went with my family to uh, Gonkin Park recently, we um, we at one point we had to sit out there in the water waiting for uh, people in canoes to clear the portage so we can get ashore. Huh. Because it's just there's that many people on on Cedar Lake trying to get in and out. And it's like, well, this is really busy. So, and if also if you're on the portage trying to get out of somebody else's way, you really feel rushed. And so it's nice to be off in remote somewheres where it's like, oh, look, other people do exist. Yeah. It, it's not the zombie apocalypse. As far as you know. <laughs> yes. Or maybe they didn't realize either. <laughs> We've been gone that long. What's changed? Speaking of portaging, hmm. etiquette. I learned something today, not not about portage etiquette, but okay. when you're doing the, the Grand Canyon trails and stuff like that. Yeah. The people coming up have right of way because uh, they're trying to keep their momentum, momentum yeah. and their balance. Yeah. I don't know what. I think I heard that, but it's, well, with portage etiquette, it's whoever has the biggest load. Whoever, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you, know, you were yeah. just talking about portaging and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I remember reading yeah. that today, so. Huh. Uh, last thing I've got here, you actually found this one. Fall paddling locations. Ah, yes. Uh, end of summers. I couldn't find coming any close. For, couldn't find anything for Canada, but but you know we have a lot of American listeners, and this is re- yeah yeah. Uh, you know, people are jumping in their cars pretty soon, and then end of September into mid October, yes. depending on where you are. Jumping in the cars, they're going out, uh, checking out the the colors, and they're clogging up the highways and the byways. <laughs> Instead of driving, how about paddling? Yes, that's it, why we. That's why Thanksgiving we always like to do the. The trip. That's why I, I got I love, into my. I love fall trips. I love the crisp mornings, the 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 really cold nights, and it's no bugs, no <laughs> bugs. Try being up in Moosonee, and your the water that's in the bottom of your canoe is now ice. Oh, yeah, it's a bit bit chilly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a list uh, eleven of the top. Fall color locations across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at the pictures. Oh, it's amazing. Like, yeah, Just you. reading the descriptions. And there's like, been a few wow, of these places I've there. I've been. Um, You've been to some of these? I've been to some of these places, yeah. Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Home to lots of incredible paddling locations, most notably the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. Uh, this region is always a great place to kayak and canoe, but is has a little bit extra magic in the fall. Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore, Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park, and other great battling spots come alive in various colors. As leaves change colors in the wilderness region, paddling in Lake Superior or down one of the various rivers in this area rewards you with truly magnificent foliage. Fo- foliage. Foliage. That's another one of those words. Uh, viewing opportunities. Acadia National Park, Maine. Uh, now, Tracy and I did a um, trip, I don't even know how many years ago now, through New England in the fall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like we were through Vermont, mm-hmm. Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, oh, went all the way down to Rhode Island, Maine, um, all that, all the way up and through. And there was all. Oh, if you get to get down there paddling in the fall with all the colors, phenomenal. Uh, Acadia National Park, Maine, 
might have lots of evergreens, but it's also loaded with deciduous trees that turn all sorts of bright and burnt colors each fall. Many visitors hike or drive up the famous Cadillac Mountain for sunrise. I've been um, up there. Have you? I'd ride up there, yeah. While this is a great place to view foliage from a high vantage point, paddling is a great way to see it up close. Canoeing in Jordan Pond is a tranquil way to witness some of the best foliage in the entire national park. You can also paddle in some protected coves or along the uh, Scudic Peninsula on tranquil days. It's a beautiful park. There's a, yeah. there's a section of it that's uh, that's dunes. There's a section like I we I as you know as a teenager and whatever when I first started working, me and my ex would we would head we'll off. We'll get across and, the border. Yeah, opportunity to go shopping in on the state side and mm-hmm. uh, and see some of the parks. And so it was really nice area. I was in New Brunswick, so it was really close. Uh, Potomac River, Virginia, Maryland, and West Virginia, because it's like a border river, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Has some of the nation's most important history along its banks. It passes through the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. But in addition to the history along the river, there are also exceptional color-changing trees as it twists and turns along Virginia, Maryland, and West Virginia uh, on the historic C&O Canal towpath. Several places along the Potomac that are great for paddling and foliage viewing. Some of the best include the historic and quaint town of Harper's Ferry. Harper's Ferry, I believe, is where the headquarters for the... What's the... Is it the Adirondack Trail? Oh, I don't know. Um, What's the other trail over that way? I know there's a big... Wasn't there a big... uh, Battle. Big battle there. But yeah, I just remember because I was talking about maybe dropping our buddy Peter off there. Oh, okay. Last year. Uh, so where all three of these states meet, Great Falls Park is another great place for kayaking and viewing the stunning leaves as they reach their peak colors. This one I have not been even close to. Oh, Jackson Lake, Wyoming, but the pictures. Yeah, yeah. East Coast might be known for its fall colors, but there are other states, including Wyoming, that have equally impressive fall views. Jackson Lake in Wyoming sits within the awe-inspiring Grand Teton National Park, and is an exceptional lake to paddle while taking in fall foliage and even snapping some professional level photos in the process. Uh, The lake is placid and serene on great weather days and ideal for taking in the majesty of this park and the beautiful colors that define this time of year. That one I have not been to. That's where the big country is. That's where the, all the big, big sky, views, the big sky, the yep. big mountains. It's I've always wanted to go to some of these uh, some of these Midwest states. Boundary Waters Canoe Area uh, Wilderness uh, of Minnesota, almost near the Canadian border, sits the remote backcountry. Or sorry, Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. This area is a vast wilderness of hundreds of lakes and bodies of water that create a maze for eager adventures and long-distance paddling lovers. Region is serene throughout the year, but September and October are a great time to visit this wilderness area. You are bound to experience even more quiet and pristine wilderness. Uh, At this time, various tree species, including maple, aspen, and birch trees, give off stunning bright and burnt colors, giving all sorts of new pigment to this remote wonderland. But that's why we go on our October trips, is to see all the colors in the backcountry. Yeah. 
You know, you go on these remote lakes in the back country and see all these colors and there's no one in your view. Yes, it's a, so all the kids are back in school. It's in the fall. The colors are changing. You're, so you're you're more alone out there. You're, it's mm-hmm. more serene. It's the, the less interactions with other humans, and it's it's a fantastic area. And this Boundary Waters is borders on Quetico, and yep. and the, we are seriously contemplating going to Quetico next. Are you? Yeah, and, and it can't go in September. I've already asked, and August. I, was, I was told not while the kids are in school. It's like, we can pull them out of school. It's worth it. Get a babysitter. <laughs> no, 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 no. Got to take the kids. Got to take the kids. This is You the- say that now. <laughs> but when you're back, whew, glad we didn't take the kids. <laughs> I do enjoy getting the kids out there. The kids enjoy it. Whenever I go tripping and, you know, back at usually, oh, come on, I'm not going with you. I said, well, it's a, it's a daddy trip. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do whitewater. You'd drown. Young See, man, you're not ready for it. Mom said you couldn't go if you were going to drown, and I know you're going to drown. <laughs> I would just get into trouble. So, sorry, yeah. bub. Uh, New River Gorge National Park, West Virginia. I was hoping to hit this place up last year. Oh, yes, you want to do your yeah, little park loop. But unfortunately, that went the way of the dodo with some issues. Uh, one of the newest national parks in the country, but it is one of the oldest rivers in the entire world. River winds in a serpentine fashion around hills and mountains in a stunning way. It is a great place for several paddling activities, from stand-up paddle boarding to kayaking and canoeing, and even whitewater rafting. There's a lot of that down there. While these activities are great for cooling off in the summer, they are truly spectacular when the surrounding hills and mountains light up in an array of bright and burnt colors. This is an incredible fall foil, foliage destination. <laughs> foliage. Foiled. Uh, foliage foiled destination. And the, river, again. <laughs> and the river snakes its way through some of the best viewing locations. And they got the big um, big bridge that you can go up on and check out. The There's the big new river over the new river. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee, known for its rich pockets of biodiversity with endless flora and fauna species existing throughout the rolling green mountain chain. Great Smoky Mountains National Park spans through both the North Carolina and Tennessee and even encompasses parts of the Appalachian Trail. That was it, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. And I think they say Appalachian. I've heard Appalachian? people say. Appalachian? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there are endless hikes and waterfalls to enjoy as the leaves change colors. But for the best paddling in the stunning wilderness, try River Johns on the Tennessee side of the park. Bend, Oregon. And I've seen pictures of this. Oh, yeah. And this is absolutely gorgeous. If you're looking for a hip river town, great beer and wine... Who isn't? <laughs> it's some great paddling. I'm when only you... in it for the bad beer yeah. or the bad wine. Yeah, yeah. You got good beer? Yeah, nah. No, sorry. you're not for me. Sorry, you got something <laughs> in a dirty glass. Uh, and some great paddling when, when you take a fall foliage trip. Then look no further than Bend, Oregon. Bend is a lovely town with breweries, great restaurants, amazing Oregon wine, and fabled Deschutes River running alongside all the action. This river is great for kayakers and canoe enthusiasts and even has some rafting activities. 
Thanks to all sorts of color turning leaves on trees like the red adler and Pacific dogwood, this area looks incredible in the autumn months. Booze, food, fall colors, (laughs) paddling. Why aren't we living there? It's funny how many of these I've heard about, either from movies or from yeah. history or from whatever, right? Oh, well, the next one here, Catskills. Yeah, the Catskills. Oh, we're going up to the Catskills, yeah, yeah. right? New York. Isn't that where uh, Dirty Dancing was uh, supposed I to be I don't know. I think there's a lot of horror movies start there. <laughs> Catskills are another quintessential spot for, for fall foliage viewing. The Rolling Hills region is located just two hours outside of New York City. This makes it a wildly popular foliage destination. They're using the word foliage <laughs> too many, many times. times in this article. <laughs> uh, uh, for those living in this city, it's a popular destination. Region is pretty large, but there are a few exceptional spots for paddling to view this region's epic foliage. <laughs> Can we go through afterwards and count? (laughs) The East Branch of the Delaware River, arguably the best spot for paddling and foliage viewing. There are even kayak and canoe rental locations by the river. Call in advance to ensure they are still open for the season. If you want a tranquil lake paddle, consider Adler Lake, where the waters are calm and great for photo taking on a nice day. Foliage, (laughs) 8,052. The Columbia River Gorge in Washington. Ah, yes. Uh, Columbia River runs through some of the most incredible wooded mountain land in the United States. This river is equally stunning in Oregon and Washington, but the Columbia River Gorge in Washington is quite exceptional for paddling and foliage viewing. The river flows through the Cascade Mountains, so it is easy to spot lots of foliage as the trees climb up on the mountain chain. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't get away from it now. Uh, the Missisquoi River in Vermont. Missisquoi? Missisquoi. Missisquoi? Yep, Missisquoi. That's why I put oh, that little thing. Oh, there we go. Missisquoi. Yeah, I had to go check it out. You need to put one of those little help me pronounce for next yeah. to foliage. No fall foliage list of any kind is complete without including Vermont. State is known for its New England skiing, maple syrup, and the magnificent fall colors. And like I said, we went through there at that time, um, October, and it was absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely stunning. In the far north side of the state, close to the Canadian border, sits the marvelous Missisquoi River. While there are endless places to take in Vermont's fall foliage, this river is perhaps the best place to paddle and soak up the fall foliage in the state. That was the last one. Thank God. On your way up the river, you can stop the charming towns like Stowe and enjoy walks and paddles on your way to the final paddling destination. And when you're walking, you know what you're going to be enjoying? (laughs) Fall foliage. fall foliage. (laughs) And with that, I'm calling it a day. (laughs) I'm retiring that word. I'm just retiring that word. I don't know what you're talking about. Fall foliage. (laughs) Don't know. Such such a goofy word to get tongue tied on. But also, it's like any word. If you use it too much, it starts losing its meaning, right? Right? What if CAT really spelled dog? Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, if you're down in the States, um, check out some of those locations if you can, and uh, I think you'll be quite impressed. Like I said, I've been a couple of them, but uh, dro- drove through some of them, paddled mm-hmm. in a couple of them, yeah. and it's just the, the 
being down, especially East Coast. I haven't I haven't done any of the West ones, but the East ones are just absolutely oh, stunning. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely I grew up stunning. in New Brunswick, and it's just like there. So. Ontario is known for a lot of its uh, evergreens and pines and stuff like that. You know, you have your your birch and your your uh, oak and your maple stands and stuff like that. The Maritimes, though, like they've got a lot of tree color, a lot mm-hmm. of tree cover. Like, uh, and so it's well, Vermont and Maine, and it's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. Definitely like to go back. Yeah, if you like the foliage if you like that fo- no i'm 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 gonna add go when there is no foliage <laughs> defoliaged <laughs> i like my trees brown right snow under them and no leaves <laughs> uh that's all i got for this week <laughs> I, got nothing to add. I got nothing to add i got an f word for you and it ain't foliage <laughs> all righty uh if you want to find out more about us you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com we're on facebook instagram twitter we do not use hooked on phonics uh you can download or stream our episodes on itunes apple Podcasts, spotify podbean iHeartRadio, radio player fm and uh, you can find them on all your favorite podcast downloading sites if you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can stream or download all our episodes there. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spash. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>